0: the answer
2: yes indeed it is and a good morning to you thanks for being being with us as we get started at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock now just flip to eight minutes after on this thursday the 16th morning of the fourth month of the year of our lord 2020 uh coming up on the program today we got three great guests we're going to be very guest heavy very call light so apologies for that if you are waiting to talk uh but i'll do my best in between the interviews coming up in a half an hour We're going to talk to Marion Sheridan, co-founder of the Michigan Conservative Coalition. Why? Because Michiganders yesterday rose up in great numbers to fight back against a tyrannical, authoritarian governor named Gretchen Whitmer who has taken bad governing to an entirely new level. And they fought yesterday, and they will continue to fight draconian measures that rob the residents of Michigan from traveling from one of their homes to another of their homes, from traveling to the store to buy seeds, to buy plants, but does not... Uh, preclude uh, uh, Michigan residents from traveling to the convenience store to buy lottery tickets to continue to fund the state government. It is a complete mess in the state of Michigan. And we're going to talk to Marion Sheridan from the Michigan Conservative Coalition about how and why. Coming up at um, uh, 9.35 at 10.10 this morning, as always, we talk to Dr. Everett Piper. He's got a lot of issues that he wants to discuss with us today, and we'll wait for him to tell you those. And then at 10.35, this is a treat. For me, it's a treat. I've been a fan of Adam Carolla's for a very long time, actually, going all the way back to his days as the co-host with Jimmy Kimmel of The Man Show. To say that he has evolved since then is an understatement. I would like to think that we all have at, uh, in some way or another from the 90s to now. But uh, Adam Carolla, of course, is the co-producer and uh, uh, writer of the uh, No Safe Spaces movie with Dennis Prager that we have been telling you about for a long time since it came out last year, and now that it's available online uh, at nosafespaces.com. Adam Carolla is going to be joining us at 1035 to talk about the movie and to talk about the current state of things here uh, in the United States of America. Now, I want to start with just that, and more specifically... I want to talk about Governors Gone Wild. used to be videos sold, again, back in the 90s, I think, on late night TV. It was pre-internet, called Girls Gone Wild. We get all of the lonely guys to look at college girls dancing around in bikinis. Um, those were tame compared to what we are seeing with Governors Gone Wild. All over this country, governors are losing their minds. And I could point to a number of examples Clearly, Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan, that I was just talking about. I could also point to Governor Gavin Newsom out in California, who, despite being a supporter of President Trump or a vocal acknowledger, somebody who has acknowledged President Trump's uh, good work for the people of California and for the people of this country, despite that, he's still, you know, the true blue, dyed-in-the-wool liberal that that he is. You forget that sometimes because, again, he's been nice to the president during all of this rather than one of the uh, vocal critics saying the president is giving me what I need. That's why people in my state are suffering, blah, blah, blah. But Gavin Newsom going wild, uh, offering and promising illegal aliens um, stimulus checks, relief checks that the illegal aliens in his state will get the relief that everybody else gets. That's a problem. What other governors are going wild? Well, yesterday I had a great conversation. Well, let me rephrase. Yesterday I had a conversation with our own governor, Mike DeWine, and there was a great opportunity to really explain to the people of Ohio what's going on here with our own sometimes unconstitutional orders being given by Dr. Amy Acton. And by, Gov- by Governor DeWine. We got an explanation and we've got promises from him on some things, but certainly not everything. But the one I want to focus on here, as the face of Governor's gone wild, is the governor of New Jersey, Phil Murphy. Who was on last night with Tucker Carlson, who said something in just about 20 seconds that it made my jaw drop. It made my jaw drop. It made my head hurt. It made my heart hurt. It it really saddens me to know that we have leadership that is sworn to preserve, uphold, and defend the Constitution of the United States by virtue of their occupying executive offices. Their job is to preserve, defend, and uphold the Constitution of the United States. And we just heard... A governor, say, for the first time, and, and, and by the way, Phil Murphy, I do not believe, is alone, not for one second. But he's just the only one who crystallized it. He's the only one who verbalized it. That I think a lot of the other governors uh, are guilty of as well. He admitted the Bill of Rights doesn't matter. He told Tucker Carlson the Bill of Rights is not a consideration for the decisions that he was making in New Jersey. Listen to Phil Murphy last night from Tucker Carlson.
0: By what authority did you nullify the Bill of Rights in issuing this order? How do you have the power yeah, to we do were, that? That's above my pay grade, Tucker. So
2: I wasn't, uh, I wasn't thinking of the Bill of Rights when we did this. We went to all, first of all, we looked at the data well, and tell. the science, and it says pe- people have to stay away from each other. Uh, that's the best thing we could do to break the back of the curve of this virus that leads to lower hospitalizations and ultimately fatalities. And, and I'm not- that's above my pay grade. We weren't thinking about the Bill of Rights. The Constitution of the United States, our founding document, our guiding principle, the document by which all American laws are made and based off of. The the most important the most important iconic document in existence that preserves the liberty that our founders fought and won for us. I I, I'm I'm struggling to find words to describe how infuriating this is. The Constitution is what separates the United States of America, quite frankly, from the rest of the world. Now, that's not to say there aren't freedoms in other worlds and there aren't other free countries. There are, but all, I mean, virtually all other countries pale in comparison because there are, there are times and there are situations, there are circumstances in which those freedoms can be revoked. In other countries, there are limitations in other countries that the, you just don't have here because of that document, because of that Bill of Rights, and because of the Constitution as a whole. But specifically, as we enumerate the Bill of Rights, we think about what makes America exceptional. It must be the first consideration when any new law is made it must be the first consideration when any executive decision is made it must be the first consideration when any leg- legislative decision is made or is considered it's the only thing we have to preserve our true liberty true liberty and i don't want to sit here and just play the you know the nostalgia game about all of the you know men who fought and and cast off the british crown and put their lives at risk and blood and shed their own blood uh, to to plant the tree of liberty to get it started as a sapling to watch it grow and be nourished by the blood of Americans who have fought to preserve that liberty that tree of liberty through the generations through the last nearly 250 years I mean this is what we're talking about liberty. And, and here now we have a governor. Again, Phil Murphy is not the only one. I know I'm hammering him because he said, yeah, well, we weren't thinking about the Bill of Rights. Neither was Gretchen Whitmer. Neither was Mike DeWine. Neither is Ralph Northam. Neither is, is Gavin Newsom. Neither is Andrew Cuomo. None of the, none of the governors that are limiting people from praying at Easter. None of the governors that are stopping people from gathering in their church services, even if they want to observe six-foot-apart social distancing and not shake hands, etc., are precluding them from practicing their religion, from assembling peaceably, none, denying them the right to buy things, denying the right, them the right to conduct commerce, to sell their products and wear. I mean, all of this is unconstitutional. But to listen to somebody, you know, verbalize it in such a way is just jaw-dropping. Where do you get the rights to suspend the Bill of Rights? Governor Murphy, that's above my pay grade, he said. Your what? That's above your pay grade? How is that above your pay grade? You're the governor of one of the 50 states of the United States. Your job, your pay grade directly compels you to protect, preserve, and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. A point that Judge Andrew Napolitano made very clear this morning.
1: You know, here in New Jersey, the governor boasts, he boasted to Tucker Carlson last night, the Bill of Rights is above my pay grade. The Bill of Rights is above your pay grade. You took a solemn oath to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States, which includes the Bill of Rights.
2: It's amazing how many of us know the oath that governors take. Governor, uh, I mean, uh, Judge Napolitano knew it. I know it. Phil Murphy took it. Took the oath, but doesn't know it. Preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. That's above my pay grade. Goodness gracious. Apparently it must be above the pay grade of people like Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, too, who simply wants to cast aside all of the laws, including the laws against illegal immigration, including American sovereignty. All laws, again, are based in principle, on the Constitution of the United States of America. All of them. But she wants to give uh, money, stimulus money, and unemployment benefits to illegal aliens, which they're going to do in California already anyway, as you, as you heard, or as I mentioned earlier from, from Newsom. I mean, this is just an astounding thing. Yesterday I talked to Governor Mike DeWine. You may have missed the interview. I'm going to share a little bit of what he had to say coming up next. governors gone wild. All across this country, you know, I started the show on Monday or Tuesday. Can't remember when exactly it was that the president declared that he has full and final authority, not the states, full and final authority to decide when businesses reopen. And I came on the air, Peter now came on the air, uh, and a number of other people have said it too in very different, you know, in multitude of forums. No, the president's wrong. He does not have final authority. It is up to the governors to decide when they open. While the president realized his mistake and walked it back, which I'm glad to know because he can't make those claims. But right now I'm wishing he was right. I don't want the governors to have this final say. I don't trust Governor Murphy. I don't trust Governor Whitmer. I don't trust Gov I don't know if I trust Governor DeWine. I talked to him yesterday. I think he's very, very uh he's trying, but I think he's lost as far as what to do. I don't think he knows what to do. After listening to him yesterday and, ask, and trying to answer my direct questions, I don't think he knows what to do. I wish it wasn't the governors that had the final say. I wish Trump had been right and that he would have the full and final authority to say open up America because America cannot survive at this rate any longer. What rate are we talking about, by the way? Five point two five more uh, million more unemployment claims last week. Now pushing up on 23 million unemployed Americans in the last month. Now 855,000 unemployed in the state of Ohio as a result of Governor DeWine's decisions. Our worst fears are becoming reality, my friends. And the governors say it's above their pay grade to consider the Constitution. Governors are going wild. All right, let's come right back after this on AM 1420 The Answer. Nine twenty six. Now the Bob Brant's Authority on AM fourteen twenty. The answer: Governors out of control. Uh, quite frankly, that's the only way I can say it. Yesterday, I interviewed with, uh, or I did an interview with Governor Mike DeWine, which I've been telling you about for a few days ahead of time because I really wanted you to understand what I was going to try to do. And what I wanted to try to do is ask the questions that you had, and we all have each uh, each and every day between 2 and 3 or 3.30 uh, when they have their press briefing, their high press briefing, because you have questions for the governor that nobody can ask or nobody in the media will ask. And so I wanted to ask some of those, including, are you, are you aware of the fact that more people are going to die, possibly from the cure that has been prescribed by Amy Acton and Governor DeWine, than from the virus itself. This was the question that I asked the governor yesterday about this. He said that Ohioans are dying daily. And you're right. And that is a tragedy. Every death is a tragedy. But this is, this is, you know, the, the elephant in the room here. Of course we mourn for every death related to the virus. But there are many, many, many studies. And I'm sure you know this that show that poverty and depression and despair kills people too. When an economy goes into recession, when people are laid off in massive numbers, the number of suicides skyrockets. Drug use skyrockets. Drug overdoses skyrocket. Alcohol-related deaths skyrocket. Domestic abuse cases skyrocket. Because depression and anxiety and fear over not being able to keep your home, pay your bills, feed your kids, they all lead to those desperate acts. If we keep Ohio shut down past the current um, deadline date of April 30th, Uh, and go into May, we are going to see those numbers skyrocket right here in our state. So how concerned are you as the governor? I know you're laser-locked into the concern about the deaths from the virus, but how concerned are you about the number of deaths that will result from the cure that that is leading to this desperation and anxiety and fear? This was the response.
3: Very much concerned about it. You're absolutely correct. I had a conversation with the Cleveland Clinic yesterday morning. He and I were talking about that exact thing and many of the things that we look at in our administration that we have tried to do uh, early childhood education put a focus on that, put a focus on helping the pregnant mother who who is is poor get through the pregnancy have the medical care, have a mentor if she didn't have a mentor, all of those things, if you do not have the money to pay for those, all of those things go go out the window. We also know that during recessions that uh, physical abuse goes up there are all kinds of bad things so absolutely uh we understand that fully and that is the downside of every day that you know we,
2: we go further into this but, but let me i'm do- going to pause here because obviously i couldn't interrupt each of his statements yesterday to drill down on this we never would have gone anywhere but i want to do this now in, in retrospect and analyze he said obviously that's the downside it's more than just a downside it is equally as, if not more, important than stopping the virus from spreading, and stopping people from catching something that has a mortality rate we are finding out of roughly the flu. That's correct. It's not just a downside. It is killing. It is if you extend this, it's going to kill scores of people. Point one thing out. If I said
3: tomorrow, uh, walked out at two, at two o'clock today, if I was and said, okay, every order we issue is gone. Do whatever you want to do. How many people do you think will show up to a restaurant tonight? Or how many people, I mean, there'll be some, but if you look at the numbers, just taking restaurants, I look at these numbers, the numbers of people who are going to restaurants in the week before I issued the order about restaurants, It was down dramatically.
2: I'm going to say two things in response to that that I couldn't do during the interview yesterday. Number one, when you scared the bejesus out of the population, yeah, it is going to keep people away. When you tell them that the death plague is is circulating in the air, and if you walk through a cloud of it, you're going to die, which is essentially what they are doing on a daily basis, of course you're going to scare people back in. Stop that nonsense, number one. Number two, again, why the over-focus on restaurants? I'm talking about putting people back to work in their factories, in their offices, in their warehouses, wherever it is that they are. I'm talking about putting people back to work, putting kids back in school, allowing life to continue again. So we
3: have to, all of us, I say we collectively, we have to deal with the fear issue. And the only way you really deal with the fear issue is not by you know, great, wonderful rhetoric or saying, hey, everybody should be happy and everybody should go out and, and, and go to the bar. and do What you deal with it is through information to people and plans that show people that we have the ability to, to lessen their risk. And so when we look at rolling the restaurants out and, and the bars or just non-essential businesses, part of that is going to be to ensure the people either work there or people who go there that there's protection in there
2: that yes there's a risk you have to address the fear the governor said the fear the fear that's being spread each and every day at two o'clock by the lab coat that's the fear governors are out of control not ours and by the way ours is pretty doggone docile compared to some of the extreme tyranny being practiced in michigan A fact that we'll point out next with our guest, the co-founder of the Michigan Conservative Coalition, coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 936 now. We continue on AM 1420, The Answer. We're talking about governors gone wild. Uh, i give you several examples. Some of what we heard from Governor DeWine yesterday on this program, some of which we are learning. Uh, Virginia's governor, for example, Ralph Northam, has ordered their residents to stay on quarantine, lockdown, house arrest, if you will, until June 10th. You think it's bad here? Governor DeWine's order ends on April 30th, Now I know he'll probably extend it on May 1st. We'll see after what we talked about yesterday, but but they're doing June 10th uh, in Virginia, and up in Michigan, perhaps uh, the most insane, uh, unconstitutional, draconian type of tyrannical uh, law set that has been passed down, Governor Gretchen Whitmer there, stopping Michiganders from traveling from one of their homes to another one. That's right. Don't go from one place you live to another place you may own and live, such as a cottage up in the northern part of Michigan. Michigan is a great land of lakes, um, uh, of so many lakes and so many lakefront properties. That's a big deal for a lot of people there. He, She is stopping. You talk about non-essential businesses. Governor Gretchen Whitmer has decided that garden centers and nurseries are too dangerous for people to shop at. That's right, the place where people get their seeds and their fertilizer and soils and so on and so forth so they can put their crops in the ground and uh, and, and sustain themselves, to feed themselves. She was asked about this yesterday on NBC, about her orders and about the massive protests yesterday uh, as a result of those orders. Her response was, your constitutional rights don't count if it's snowing
4: we just had snow. I've got snow on the ground here in Michigan right now in Lansing. We're expecting you know, up to 30 inches in the upper peninsula. The fact that we're cracking down on people traveling between homes or planting or um, landscaping or golfing really for a couple more weeks isn't going to meaningfully impact people's ability to do it because the snow will do that in and of itself.
2: <laughs> I just, I, I don't know what else to do but laugh. I mean seriously. So Because there's snow on the ground your rights don't count that's the way i heard it marion sheridan is the co-founder of the michigan conservative coalition also the grassroots vice chair of the michigan republican party she joins us now on am 1420 the answer uh marion thanks for your time how are you thanks
4: bob good um we in michigan aren't laughing here though
2: <laughs> yeah well we you know are, i mean uh, you, yeah. you know, and i'm sure nobody is in any states where these kinds of things are happening but i just found that particular response to everything uh to be um uh, to be just beyond the pale it's snowing so it doesn't yeah. matter um marion yeah. let's talk before we talk about the massive rally yesterday the one that is of course being undercounted as every conservative based or led mm-hmm. rally or mm-hmm. uh, event happens is they're saying hundreds of people gathered together in the media but before we get into that let's talk a little bit more what else can you tell us about uh governor whitmer's orders her lockdown orders for michigan residents
4: Well, the things that uh, are upsetting people are um, you can buy lottery tickets. Uh, You can buy a gallon of rum, but you can't buy a gallon of paint. Uh, You can still buy marijuana. Um, You can go into a crowded grocery (laughs) store, but you can't kayak and you can't, oh, you can kayak and you can canoe, but you can't jet ski. Now, you know, we have a ton of lakes up in Michigan. Uh, A large portion of the population has boats and jet skis. And they pay a lot of money for lakefront property or for boat, boat storage, and their, boat, they, their boats are sitting there, a lot of them, and they can't even go on them. You can drive in your car with who you're living with in the house, but you can't go on the boat with them.
2: <laughs> Think about uh, that. Well, well, I don't know. I, you know what? I may have to call you on this, Marion. Can you drive in your car with them? Because she seems to want you to stop that, too. The whole part about driving up to one of your cottages or, well. or you know other other places. We don't, you heard her say, or maybe you did or didn't, but I, I was listening to it before, where she said, you know, the more times you get in your car and go places, the more you have to touch gas pumps. And if you touch gas <laughs> pumps and infect them, and then a nurse or a healthcare worker touches that same gas pump, you could take out one of the frontline workers here, and we can't run that risk. So, actually, I don't know if it's true that she even mm-hmm. wants you in your car.
4: Yeah, well, she doesn't. You're right. She doesn't. She doesn't want to send her cars. You're supposed to designate one person in the household that is the shopper, Mm -hmm. and that person can go to the grocery store, but otherwise everybody else is just supposed to huddle in their basement and wait for I don't know what, you know, months. Month? Well
2: that's the, that the, 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 there you go. And that's the reason I played the clip I did because she's saying well there's snow on the ground anyway. You can't plant in the snow. Okay. Right. What is what does she have yeah. an end date on her orders? Does she does she have uh, an end date well, that when the snow melts? Uh it's, it, we're all good now.
4: She wanted uh she was pushing for June 10th and our Republican legislature came back and restricted her uh executive orders to the 30th of April. Now we don't know what's going to happen then um i'm worried she doubles down because she has a little bit of a history of doing that so i have concerns that you know and by the way the crowd yesterday by the state police estimate was ten thousand uh so we know you know like but, you said, but that the, headlines, grossly, y- yeah, the headlines yeah the headlines that
2: i'm reading say uh, hundreds uh <laughs> hundreds of people yeah. gathered no. to protest in lansing
4: yeah now you can even get off the exits the a- exits from the expressways, in every direction were backed up three miles. I know several people who came, and they said, you know, after waiting an hour and only moving, uh, you know, um, a half a mile, they said, you know, we did our part. But then we turned around and left. <laughs> well, that was the goal,
2: was it not? I mean uh, and you can tell me I'm just looking at a I'm looking at a um uh, at a at a story covering this. It was actually the Chicago Tribune covering the story in Michigan, but that's okay they They said that the name of the event was Operation Gridlock, right and this is what your yes. coalition, yep. the Michigan conservative coalition wanted to do uh was to create that gridlock there to really send a message to yeah. um, uh, Governor Whitmer in the capitol yeah
4: and and here's the thing, Bob people across uh, Michigan from all walks of life, you know, it's like we're willing to follow her orders when they were perceived necessary to prevent the spread of COVID-19. You know, we're on board for that. But then her orders became a little bit too illogical and really lacked common sense. That's when I think people started to become more fearful. They became more fearful of the virus than they did Uh, or less of the virus than about losing their, their constitutional rights. So that's what a lot of these people were there for.
2: Do you think she understands the Constitution? And I asked that with the backdrop of, of last night's interview on uh, Tucker Carlson with the, the New Jersey governor, Phil Murphy, who said yeah. very directly, uh, that's above my pay grade. We weren't thinking about the Bill of Rights. We were just thinking about the the virus as if as if <laughs> wow. as if a governor who takes an oath to preserve, protect and defend the Constitution can just <laughs> we'll, we'll cast aside yeah. that Bill of Rights right now. We got other things to think about. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That blew my mind.
4: Yeah, no, I don't think she understands uh, the Constitution. I think she's, you know, more focused on trying to make a, na- a nationwide name for herself as she vies for the vice presidential spot with Joe Biden.
2: That's what a lot of people have said too, that the only reason yeah. she would go this far, farther than even, you know, many of her other Democratic, uh, colleagues who are governors in their various states is that she's trying to stand out for the, for the reason of catching the eye of, uh, of the, the, the presumptive Democratic nominee. Um, tell me a little bit more about the coalition and tell me what, what else is planned with the conservative coalition up there because, you know, you didn't move her as, as, as much as you, you, you felt like you made a point. And I respect that to go out there and say we are not prisoners. And I know a lot of signs said things like that. We are not prisoners. And Michiganders against uh, Gretchen's abuses, et cetera. Uh, mm-hmm. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it mm-hmm. doesn't get anything done because her order still stands, and it'll stand until she well, decides to lift it. So, what's the next plan?
4: Well, I think that we're hoping that you know this will have some influence on her come April thirtieth. I think, you know, she's going to think a little bit longer and harder about extending if we get to that date. And we start to see our numbers, uh, you know, our numbers in Michigan here, you know, they are starting to eke down. Um, and most of these um, uh, COVID patients, unfortunately, are in Wayne County, Oakland County, um, Macomb County. The rest of the state has very few cases. So we're hoping that she just maybe starts to realize you know what I, i'm losing the people here right uh, and starts to back down on these orders so that's really what we'd like to see is her just like uh uh you know loosening up on the grip that she has on the citizens of the state
2: Do you, we're talking to Marion sheridan the co-founder of the michigan conservative coalition here um do you think that, um, it, you know, rallies on a more regular basis would, would, uh, kind of make her pay a little bit more attention and put that pressure on that you're talking about for April 30th, especially given, you know, you talked about the uh, things are starting to, uh, slow down a little bit in terms of the number of cases in Michigan. But what's slowing down faster is the economy. Uh, what's slowing, yeah. uh, slowing uh, that, that was a little, uh, awkward, slowing down faster. But what is slowing down more precipitously is the economy. What is increasing yeah. faster than the COVID rate is unemployment uh and 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 you know and depression and despair so do you you think that maybe on a regular basis you guys need to be hammering the capital up there
4: um i'm sure that will happen organically i just i'm just fearful that you know it just becomes like oh there's another you know 200 people outside on the street like big deal um and that she might by that become uh you know more concerned that we're all going to spread covid to each other so we need she to said put, that. Do, you know, yeah, we need to come out. Oh, yeah, that that was disturbing. I thought she <laughs> instead of taking responsibility and being a leader, she's blaming the citizens of Michigan. And that and we've seen that before. She'll turn it around and blame the citizens and here she's trying she's trying to do it again. Like if I have to extend my orders, it might be because you people came and protested and we got a second wave.
2: That, so, that, uh, that that line blew me away that they really did yeah, and and what's frustrating scary. to me and I know is to you and other Michiganders and again I can I can relate to this somewhat I don't think it's quite as bad here uh, in Ohio or maybe anywhere else is what she is trying to do this is why she has become a national name here exactly what she wanted as you say for the uh, purposes of being noticed on the national scale but um, what bothers so many of us is the arbitrary nature in which businesses are declared essential or non-essential you mentioned the lottery so so <laughs> Convenience stores that sell lottery yeah. tickets are essential, but the you know the the uh, uh, nurseries and the uh, garden stores are non-essential. Uh, you know, a fast food restaurant, a McDonald's is essential, but a church is non-essential. Uh, you know, why are those things? Why are some things open for drive-through yeah. services and others are not, even on a drive-through basis? I think that arbitrary nature of how they choose this is the most frustrating thing.
4: Yeah, it is. It is. It's like the you know our economy is not sustainable on this trajectory and it's like if she would look at businesses which ones can operate safely not which ones are essential right because that's far too restrictive many businesses landscape businesses roofing companies tree trimmers soon we're going to have uh pool companies that want to open pool these are all like one one man operations They can do this job with one person or two people driving separately if that's what they have to do. But these businesses are dying. We have 25% unemployment rate in Michigan.
2: Well, we're on our way to having that nationally now. You saw the number today, 5.25 million more people declared unemployment or filed for unemployment Uh, in the last week. So we're up to, that number just came out this morning, so we're up to... Oh, just under 23 million unemployed Americans, and if this continues another week or two weeks, uh, yeah, we're going to have a third of the country out of work, just like you're having uh, up there in Michigan, and yeah. it is uh, absolutely unsustainable. Yeah. Well, Marianne, we I want to say thank some, you to you. Oh, go ahead, last thought.
4: I was, I was just going to say, we think, you know, we've had a lot of states, uh, people from other states contact us, and we're hoping this actually catches on, that people, this is what we need to do. Uh, we need to go and petition our legislators our governors right where they are they're supposed to be none of our legislators are there we can't even contact them there's nobody in the offices so this was our only recourse and other people in other states are seeing this and hopefully uh they'll pick up the baton and do this also and they hope you're right
2: yeah, well you're right. That's the kind of thing they you know, like you said, you know, maybe she'll think about this from the illusion the perspective of losing the people and thus losing her political career. Once her time for reelection comes and people remember what she did at this particular time. Uh yeah. that needs that needs to be drilled down into her uh, thought process. Uh and the same thing yeah. here and the same thing everywhere. Uh Marion Sheridan, co founder of the Michigan Conservative Coalition. I appreciate what you and the other organizers did to get thousands of people uh to march into uh into protest outside uh, the Capitol there in Lansing. Keep up the good work. Try to keep that radical governor in check and we'll check in with you again soon.
4: Sure enough. Thanks so much, Bob.
2: It's a pleasure. Thank you, Marion. Marion Sheridan, co founder of the Michigan Conservative Coalition. It's nine fifty. You know the weird part about this for us, for me, is when she and the other conservatives in Michigan are coming down on the governor, it's a Democrat when Virginians rally against Ralph Northam it's a radical democrat when Californians and another on a ton of conservatives out there have something to complain about you know but our governor's a republican it's hard to do Mike DeWine's a republican I don't like to sit here and bash him the way they're they're up there in Michigan bashing Gretchen Whitmer but the bottom line is our state is suffering just like their state is suffering and the governor's cure or prescription for handling the uh the COVID outbreak, uh, it may be worse than the COVID outbreak. That's the bottom line here. Right back after this.
1: A town, on a
2: boat, on a well, that wouldn't be allowed in
1: Michigan.
2: Getting on a boat and getting out of town was would not be allowed in Michigan. And, uh, it's not just Michigan, obviously. Gretchen Whitmer at Whitmer is, I think, is at another level. But, um, governors all over this country are really, really, and I understand, like I told Mike DeWine yesterday, I respect the decision, or excuse me, the difficulty, uh, that he has in making these decisions because of the unprecedented nature of the virus. Um, but I also think the facts speak for themselves. The facts say that this, the disease itself is far, 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 far less lethal than it was thought to be. The models that projected everything that led them to their public policies have been way, way off. And I think the measures that were taken, which were in anticipation of the worst-case scenario, should be revoked sooner rather than later because of the reality that we didn't reach, didn't reach worst-case scenarios. It's time to start opening the country, or the country and the state again. Uh, I asked Mike DeWine that question yesterday during our interview. I said, you were out in front of closing down the state, closing bars and restaurants before other uh, governors did, closing down the state before most other governors did. Why not get out in front of the country again and start opening things up now that we know that things are not anywhere near as bad as they were projected to be? The
3: islands have done very well. Yeah, I'm looking at the numbers every day. Our hospital admissions have been flat for about a week. Now, that doesn't mean we're not putting more people in the hospitals, but be- mm-hmm. because uh, the average stay is longer than the average stay for uh, if you're in the hospital for something else. But you're absolutely right. So we've had a, a week flattened. I was on the call this morning. I put together uh, major hospital CEOs from around the state. Uh, we started six thirty, ended up about eight o'clock. And one of the things we're talking about is you know we asked the hospitals not to do elective surgeries, and uh, that that has happened the reason we asked them to do that and they were very much in favor of this frankly uh is we don't have enough ppe and we don't have enough personal protection equipment we don't have the n95 masks that are needed we don't have enough of those and so by stopping elective surgeries you help that uh, so that remains a big problem and so the question i asked them this morning is okay when can we start you think then we start elective surgeries, and Bob, it's not only elective surgeries.
2: All right, I'm going to pause it here, the conversation that I had with the governor yesterday, because this is where, you know, you, you get reminded that you're dealing with a seasoned career politician. Governor DeWine is a seasoned politician. He knows the dance, and he knows how to do interviews that are filled with questions that are going to be very difficult to answer. And one of the ways you do it is don't answer directly and then drag your answer out into uh, tangents that have nothing to do with the original question. I said, isn't it time to start opening up the state again to businesses? And he spent the vast majority of two and a half minutes of this answer telling me about starting elective surgeries again. And ask about elective surgeries. Asked about opening up businesses, getting people back to work. But this is the response that I got. So it's frustrating. And again, you know, the the difficulty with doing an interview like that is while you want to give him room to talk and not sound uh you know like you're beating him up, uh, you know, you want to get some direct answers. Now you want to interrupt. So I interrupted a few times, but I couldn't interrupt every time. Otherwise it would have been a, a counterproductive interview. But Governor DeWine needs to continue to be asked that question by anybody else that he talks to. Whether it be the press corps in Columbus each day or somebody else doing, uh, you know, an isolated interview like ours, an exclusive interview like ours. But he needs to be asked, why not get out in front of the, uh, recovery just like you got out in front of the virus itself? Once the models are proven to have been flawed the way that they are, let's get this thing going again. All right. We'll take a quick time out here for news at the top of the hour. Then Dr. Everett Piper joins us